0: is
1: constructed on the shrine or on the sanctum sanctorum or vertical tower and the other one in front of it is known as Jagamohana that is Sabhagraha or hall which is which has Ganta Kalasha this is like a bell and then we have stepped Shikara which is known as Pida at, at various regions we see the nomenclatures of shrine and of hall are different. Now we have come to the Dravida type of temple. This is from Mahabharipuram. At both these corners, these are constructed in pyramidal style. At the corner, we get the uh, s- small shrines known as kutas, and in the middle is Shalas. Now, we get to Now at the top, as I said, this is cupola or stupika. This is Dravida temple. Wherever you go, you will find Dravida temple member. A shikara is like that of We have Mahamandapa. There is this antarada
0: or vestibule.
1: Of a shikara, which is constructed on the sanctum. This is very uh, important temple as far as philosophy of temple is conscribed later on. Now we shall
0: go to our members of. temples. Now this is the plinth. Again, the audio is gone. So this is beautiful yeah, yeah, take your time. Just the slide is so beautiful Thank <laughs>
1: The plinth or basement, which is known as Vedika, also of the temple. Now, each uh, horizontal part of this having nomenclature. This one, like Shima, reversa, then the Kumbha, then Mukhathara, then
0: Upana, and again. We have Kumuda and the wall of the temple, the exterior wall of the temple.
1: The sculptures of Surasundaris. We have come to another slide suggesting all the narrated, but this is and these are known as koshtas
0: in
1: which the images of main deities are carved out. Now this is Brahma with Savitri and the top one is of Chamunda. This has been already described by shefali the other day. That is Kirti mukhatara and an elephant. Elephants are shown to show. uh, The corner of that sanctum is shown touching to the square part of the Sabha Pandapa. This again is another one, here two squares are shown touching each other and the smaller one is of a shrine, and bigger one is of a Sabha Mandapa. Now we come to see the Ambarnath Plan the Temple in Thana District near Mumbai. You find that the uh, temple both the sh- wall of the shrine as well as of Sabha Mandapa. They are with various projections. This is known as starlight or uh, construction. This we have temple. Even then, the top of the Shikara, obviously this is to be taken as of Nav- type. The um, Shikara is fronted with the roof of Sabha Mandapa, which I have already shown that, that is known as Pida Devur. And then this temple is fronted with Torana. Now we have come to the ground plan of the Kandariya Mahadev temple, which is at Khajuraho. This temple, as well, we, we call it, full flesh temple which is uh, which has a very different ground plan in fact many temples at khajuraho are having with uh, having this type of ground plan that is the the uh, plan is known as latin cross because you know the the sanctum also has two um, parts extended and the Mahamandapa also has two. So this is not a single cross, but this is double cross. We call it Vibhujapudi. And then we come to the various parts of the um, temples. This is the door um, of um, sanctum, which, which has every as Telakramrish says, every its own meaning and own place as far as this concerned. Now see the, at the bottoms of the uh, temple door, we have Ganga and Yamuna. I will go to uh, later on to describe what is the purpose of Ganga and Yamuna to be on the shrine door. Now this is the lintel consisting of the figures of Navagraha. In the center of which is the image of Vishnu, and support and um, and the corners or extremes we have the images of Buddha, Brahma, and she importance is given here of Vish, to Vishnu. Obviously. The temple must be belonging to Vishnu. Here we have hold with the figures of is taken as a demonic figure with the sins of the devotee and before um, going to the these kirti mukas and then. When he becomes pure, he is to be allowed to be in the sanctum. This is the concept behind the carving of this Kirti Mukhas. This is Makara Mukha, Crocodile Mukha. The water of ablution that is given to the God is to be drained out, uh, outside to be drained out through this Makara Mukha or face of. Uh, Makara this is uh, symbolic because the Makara and the water which is to be taken from Makara Mukha is to be supposed to be of Ganga so this is Ganga Jala and of, obviously devotee can take Tirtha of this now this is constructed in front of Vishwanathya now see, this Amalaka is very clearly shown b- below the uh, pot or kalasha. So this is the sine qua non of Nagar type of temple. And here we have the stupika or cupola that is Dravida type of temple is to be topped with this type of member. Now, this is another type of shikara generally to be met with at Khajurao. This is; These are the um, various shikaras, in fact. One is the central one, is the important one. And in front of that, there is another one that is known as Urushrungas. And then there would be many Urusrungas on these things. It is said shikaras like this one. Are uh, to be t- are to be seen in the shikara of Khadura. Now this is Bhumija temple and which is panchayatana. That is four other temples, smaller one, are to be constructed on the on the same platform where the main temple is constructed. Now this one, this idea of worshipping five gods together is um, given by Adi Shankaracharya to us so that there won't be any clash between the followers of various sects. Suppose here at, at Shinnar, this is the temple, where in, in the central one is dedicated to Shiva, while the other four subsidiary shrines are dedicated to Vishnu, Ganesh, Mata, and so on. So, one can see all the uh, gods of various sects or cults to be worshipped together. This is the same Gondeshwar temple which is Bhumija Shikara at the top. And this one as I said earlier, this is Vesara Shikara that is the Shikara is to be seen generally almost in the in the round, it is circular, at the top is stupika. These are some of the surasundaris to be shown on the... Now this is, um, a lady is shown, seeing in the mirror. This is not any type of um, saundarya. this thing. It is, in fact, it, it is suggested that one should look, know thyself, that is Socrates has said at the temple of Delphi, it is written. Now these are some of the Surasundaris. I don't go into the details because of the um, Bhumiya temple at Ambarnath, where only one um, uh, register or band of sculptures, we see this Ekajanga temple. While this one is at Markandi and Khajura also, this is three Janga temple, that is three registers of three bands, one above the other, containing the sculptures of gods and goddesses and other things have been seen. This is known as three Janga temple. Now, this is very important when we go to see the temple as a social institution. Rangashila, it is meant for presenting performance in front of, being in front of God in the sanctum. Uh, If you have to present in Rutya or Hari Kirtana, etc., we have to be on this Rangashila and uh, Perform the various kirtanas or pravachanas or something like that. Now, this is Gadhyathara. All these have been described. This one is Mukhamandapa, known as um, Swargamandapa. And all these, at all these top of the temple uh, pillars, are shown. Ashtadikpalas, because temple is is taken as the prasada, and God in the temple is the representative of God in the heaven. Now, because of this palatial building, Ashtadikpalas, guardians of uh, directions are to be uh, there. So, all these Ashtadikpalas are carved out over here. This is the sanctum. Inside, we can see the installation of Shiva, uh, uh, Shivalinga. Now, uh, we take this as merely as Shivalinga, but in fact, philosophically speaking, this is Parashiva, Shiva, that is Brahma, ultimate, uh, supreme, or Paramount soul. This is a door frame of Kajurao temple. Now, when we see this type of uh, Shivalinga uh, with four faces, now this is known in iconography as Sadashiva. This is the ceiling that has been carved out, and ceiling has many parts which can be. Uh, can have nomenclature, different nomenclatures. For instance, a ring consisting of the uh, the design, just like the ear of frogs. And then we have lumas, that is the kamalas or um, lotus flowers, etc., very intricately carved shili. Now I go to discuss some of the uh, images which are um, to be uh, installed in sanctums. Now this is Ashtamurti Shiva. See Shiva has eight faces over there, four to the cardinal directions and then four are shown, uh, two are shown on the shoulder and two are shown at the juncture of uh, thighs. Now, this Ashtamurti Shiva is the uh, family deity of the Pala kings of B- Bengal. Now, Kalidas also has described this type of image of Shiva in uh, Kumar Sambhava as well as in Shakuntala. Tasyakaram Shaila Shailaguru Panitam Jagraha Tamram Gulim Ashtamurtihi. This is known as Ashtamurti. So there is another one that is 12-headed Shiva. It is described in Mahabharata as Dvadasha Sarva Parshva Mukha Shiva. Parshva, that is side. Now four directions, cardinal directions, as I have shown in our earlier slide, are there. And at the top, there are another four uh, faces. Um, those are, of course... Uh, southeast, Northeast, etc. So from all sides, Shiva is um, looking at the u- universe. Parshva, that is side. Now this is a very wonderful uh, image of Shiva. We got it from um, Madhya Pradesh at a place known as Tala. Now Shiva is shown carrying almost all animals and creatures on his body. So this is known as Sarvabhuta Vahitra Shiva, that is Pashupata or Pashupati. This is Vithala, the main deity of Maharashtra and the main deity of Varkari cult. Now this is, uh, con- this is the image known as Yogasthanaka In As far as iconography is concerned, We have four types of images, uh, yoga murti, bhoga murti, dakshana murti, etc. Now this is yoga sthanaka murti. Ah, This is very important to be seen. This is of Surya, who is shown with gambuts on, that is high boots in his Yeah, this is Gumbuts. This is, in a way, this type of image was worshipped in Persia, in ancient Persia, and there are two uh, groups of worshippers. One group was worshipping fire, Agni Puja, and another is worshipping uh, sun, sun god. Now, Agni Puja, or the fire worshippers, have driven out the sun worshippers, of course, where they should go then. So they have been in India and India has given them uh, shelter. So all these sun worshippers um, have been in India and settled in North India. And so there are the, temp- the uh, images of Surya, which is to be seen right from Kashmir, Khajura to Gujarat, all, at all these places. The Surya image is shown with Gambuds. So from 5th, 6th century AD, we are very tolerant people. We accepted these people in our society. And these people are known as Magabrahmanas. Now, this is a very important figure. This is of Chatur Spada Vilakshana Sadashiva. I, I think you can see four uh, legs to... Uh, to this murti, this image, two are hanging down and two are in a um, cross position. Now the, the, these are known as Charyapada, Kriyapada, Kriya Yoga Pada, and Jnana Pada. You know, the Shaiva Siddhanta which was very popular in Madhya Pradesh in 10th century, 11th century AD, these images have been Formed, have been prepared to suggest this. Uh, this is in a way pun in sculpture because Shaiva Siddhanta has four principles known as Charyapad, Kriyapad, Yogapad, and Jnanapad. So the sculptor, under the guidance of a philosopher, has prepared this type of image suggesting all these um, features of Shaiva Siddhanta. Charyapada means the maintenance of the temple. Kriyapada means the way of worship, Abhisheka, Naivedya, all these things. Then the um, dressing of the image and uh, ornamentation of the image. All these are expected as far as Kriyapada kriyap is concerned. And the third one is yoga. After doing all these things, you have to meditate upon some sort of image and when this is done you can get knowledge knowledge of what jnan of what of brahman so to achieve brahman to to get yourself along with or you you, united with the brahman this type of image is to be worshipped this is Pancharatra philosophy has been personified in this image. This is known as Vaikuntha. It has Shankarshana at one place, then another face is of Pradyumna, third is of Vasudeva. The main one is of Vasudeva. This is the deity to be worshipped by the Pancharatra uh, school. And this is Arishwara. We generally think that, This is the combination of uh, or mixed image, syncretic image of Purusha and Stri or woman. But that is not the case. Philosophically, we have to describe this as Purusha, that is spirit, Chaitanya, and Prakruti, Stri, that is Prakruti, that is matter. When spirit and matter comes together, obviously the universe is created. So this is the personification of Seshwara Sankhya, because Sankhya philosophy has two main um, items, that is Purusha and Prakriti. So this is the personification of Sankhya philosophy. And this is, finally we see the image of Nataraja. Not, as you know probably from when we have, we have been in South, there is a place known as Chidambaram. And at Chidambaram, in the main shrine, this type of image of Nataraja Shiva is installed. This is the only temple in India which has image of Shiva installed in a sanctum. And as you know, Shiva has to play many roles while he is shown dancing. You know, 108 forms of Tandavan nruthyas are there. Tala Savas Poti Kati Sama Mudra nruthya, Urdhva Janu nruthya, and Urdhva Nrutya and so on. So one of these is to be seen here. This is the final type of Nataraja. You see, kettle drum. And from that damaru, you get the sounds like lung, lulu Panini at the beginning of his Vakarana has given this description. So Shabda, that is creation, is suggested by this um, motif. The second hand uh, to the right is shown in, in Abhaya Mudra, that is sign of protection. Third hand is shown with uh, either with fire, Agni or with uh, uh, Trishula. That is destruction. But destruction is not forever. It is to be reabsorption in the society. And here you see Shiva has pressed with one of his legs a, a demonic figure like Mayulaka, a Rakshas. That is Dushta Pravrutti has been pressed under his feet, under his foot. And the other Food he has raised to give liberty to the pious people, virtuous people. But more than that, see the Urol or Prabhavalaya round the figure of Shiva, where the where the five fires are shown, flames are shown, each one contains five flames, that is Prithvi, Ap, Tej, vayu and akash. Shiva is the creator of this thing. And if he tilt, if he tilts to either this side or that side, then there would be pralaya. So he is very consciously shown dancing. This is Nataraja. And you probably know that a <clears throat> few years back our scientists had presented this to um, the uh, nuclear uh, lab at Geneva. Now we go to the another place, maybe not. Now I go to describe the metaphysical aspect of Shiva. With this background, which we have seen just now, I'll proceed. Any society can be known comprehensively only when we know its culture. Culture has two aspects, material and metaphysical. The material aspect is known from the things and the materials which a society uses and with which society tries to lead a happy worldly life the metaphysical side consists of the thoughts that culminate in creative outpourings religious philosophical ethical literary and artistic by the material culture body of a society and by the metaphysical times its soul society science, culture even if materially rich is like mortal being without a soul. Art, architecture, and paintings are
0: considered an important source understanding the material culture of a society. They are not sufficient to understand life because they do not throw adequate
1: light. Colors like Lethabi define architecture as a matrix of civilization. Others state that it reveals man's mind in terms of wood, bricks and stone. On the basis of these and other definitions, one can visualize the architecture which enables us to know man's mind and the height of material culture which man has achieved. But the knowledge sir, of the working it, of the mind. Sir. Sir, yeah?
2: Sorry, slide slides ahead or are you just
1: talking? If you're just talking. Yes, I'm you just talking. Talk, slides are over. Second. Okay, part, then
2: now you can start share screen and you can start your video. With you, since there are no slides and we would rather see you. No, he is reading from the okay, okay, but you can stop. Uh, so we can see him then reading. That's okay. Now
3: oh. Let him click on that document. No? I think he's wanting to click on the document,
2: yeah, okay, or, or or make the do- or open the document because right now I'm only seeing the screen. So if you open the document, then the people also.
1: Stone. On the basis of these and other definite of material culture which man has achieved, but the knowledge of the working of the mind does not mean the knowledge of the metaphysical attainment is appearing on it, often related to the main image in the Garbhagra. The door and the central image are closely connected. The divinity to which the temple is dedicated has his image as a rule, also carved on a small scale in the center of the door lintel, technically called Lalata Bimba. He presides over the entrance and his gatekeepers are stationed below, times of his human state. According to Brahma Vaivarta Purana, it is equivalent to a bath taken in the sacred waters. The energy of the waters is so great, is so great that the bath itself confers diksha, initiation ablution transmutation and initiation are affected at the entrance itself the guardians at the threshold the Dwarupalas are the most enduring images of the door where contaminations with the impurities of the mortal world have to be warded off the dutiful and alert Dwarapalas, failing in their duty face even capital punishment. Gra is a secluded spot in its darkness. In the beginning, this universe existed in the shape of darkness. In the beginning of creations, there was darkness, hidden in darkness. As the devotee enters the darkness of the primeval womb, wherein dwells as God or Ishwara, the supreme principle that motivates the universe. He becomes one with it, losing his identity fee, merges with it. To be born anew, twisted, to and totally transformed. This is the final stage to achieve mukti or moksha, known as Sayurcha. In the verse of Saint Jnaneshwar, one could achieve mukti if the stands even for a while in front of God, image in the shrine. Mm -hmm. As the devotee enters the dimly lit Garbhagra, he sees the God for whom he has been longing all through in his own exact image with eyes, nose, hands, and legs. He exclaims, Soham! He is one, he is none but me. But the Upanishads have said, if Saha is Tat, and if I am that, then the realization is equal to Aham Brahmasmi. This is the ultimate realization to be achieved by a devotee. This is Moksha or salvation. The temple is thus an instrument to obtain ultimate knowledge that is Brahman. The thinkers and seers who have, adopted, have created in the form of a temple a path towards its fulfillment. The erection of temples thus enables the donor builders to accrue punya since they are providing an instrument of a path to the Saguna Pasaka to attain moksha. In scores of copper plate grants and epigraphs, we get references to the construction of temples by the royal and the elites of the ancient and medieval periods, desirous of this great merit. Thus, a full-fledged temple which aims to lead the devotee towards moksha and the knowledge of the supreme principle. Brahman is the highest statue architecture. like Bimba Brahma of the iconographies, Advaita Brahma of the philosophers, neither Brahma of the singers. The Vastu Pandits are not lagged behind in evolving a Vastu Brahma, which I have described so far. Thank you very much.
2: That was a wonderful, wonderful lecture and uh, you brought out the philosophy behind the temple so beautifully that I don't have anything more to say but uh, just as uh, the one thing that keeps coming to my mind is our temples were always not just a place for congregation where people would meet and uh, just pray but they were a step to achieve uh, greater unity the, the the state of unity the state of Advaita with the individual souls with the with the very beautifully it was an Extremely wonderful, memorable lecture. And I'm sure every person who's listening to this is in agreement with me right now. I only wish I could take question and answer. But unfortunately, there's no time. I'll have to skip it. But I truly appreciate your taking the time, the presentation. Of course, we'll share these lectures on YouTube and we'll provide the link. And the lecture that uh, Sir gave is actually also mentioned in the preface of his uh, book, the Temples of Maharashtra. It's a wonderful authoritative book on all temples of Maharashtra. It's uh, re- it's in reprint right now. It's just been uh, released. So please look it up on Google and you'll find it. And you'll find uh, most of the stuff that Sir talked about in the preface to that book. And once again, uh, I what can I say? Just
1: Namaskar.
2: Thank you. And uh, I would appreciate it if you could stay for a little time more and listen to the other... uh, Yeah, yeah. Sure,
1: sure, sure. I am eager.
2: Okay. Okay. Thank you so much, sir. I'll move on to, since we don't have much time and we have to finish before everybody wants to go for lunch, I would introduce the next pair of speakers. They are a team, actually. I will introduce both of them. Uh, So, they are Bharat and Gurpreet. I'll introduce Bharat first. Bharat is an engineer, and like all engineers, he's interested in everything else but other than engineering. He also has a management degree. He's worked in automotive technology, IT services, and automotive aftermarket, but he's more interested in travel, history, photography, literature, and politics. He travels across the state of Tamil Nadu to capture the ancient living temples of the state. He and Gurpreet are working on a coffee table book on the Pallava. He's going to talk to us about South Indian temple architecture today. He lives in Chennai. He's on Twitter. He's usually famous as at Breku. Now I come to Gurpreet. Uh, he's co-author of this coffee table book on uh, on Chalukya and uh, Pallava architecture. Gurpreet is a finance professional holding, again, an engineering degree and master's of finance. But again, your education has got nothing, doesn't have to do anything with your passion. So, she is interested in travel history, literature, and she loves exploring various themes relating to Indian culture and its origins. She lives in Mumbai with her family, and she's on Twitter as Guri Chopra. And she is, as I said, she's a co-author with Bharat of a coffee table book, Shalukya and Pallava Architecture. And Bharat and Gutveed are going to talk to us about the Ravida style of temples. As Kerr has already explained, there are two main styles. One is roughly known North Indian style, which is Nagara. And one is the South Indian. There's a separate subtype, which is Kalinga architecture, which our next speaker is going to talk to you about. But I uh, now leave the stage open for Bharat and Guthrie to talk about the Dravida style of architecture.
4: Thank you. Uh, thanks, Ji. Um, I hope everybody can see the screen. Uh, I'm going to keep the video off. I don't want uh, bandwidth issues going forward. Uh, first of all, Guri and, uh, you know, on behalf of Guri, uh, and myself, I thank the Academy for giving this opportunity to, to amateurs. The topic is quite vast. We've tried to cover as many, uh, aspects of it as possible in the, uh, first, uh, in the first 20 minutes, I'll run through some theory. Uh, Dr. Deglurkar has already covered a lot of it. So I will just touch upon this. Uh, and get into the basic uh, details of Dravida style, then I will take you through a visual journey of Pallava temples. And in the next 20 odd minutes, Kuri will take you through uh, Chalukya temples, covering a lot more elements. As Shafalaji said, we've jointly co-authored a coffee table book under the guidance of Dimpleji and Harikiranji. Uh And we hope it will hit the stand sometime soon. The book will have way more details than what we are presenting today. I will start with what Lord Krishna said in the Bhagavatam about the Punya of building a temple. Now, while not every ruler was a Sri Vaishnava, I think every ruler was fully cognizant of what he would attain by building a temple. So much so palaces or grandiose residences of illustrious Kings, but one definitely comes across the grand temples built by their rulers. Uh, building temples, as uh, uh, Dr. Deglurkar already said, involved very clearly defined principles and with massive rise of temple construction sometime around the 4th, 5th century, several texts have been written to ensure that the construction of a temple met its divine purpose. Mayamata, which he also mentioned in, uh, in the text that he read out, Manasara, Shilpasara, etc. elaborate all aspects of the rituals, the architecture the deity of the temple, and they're also considered standard texts of Vastu Shastra, particularly from the south. Vastu texts have elaborated, uh, uh, you know, depending on the text, generally three styles, Nagara, Dravida, and Vesara. We'll also be seeing Kalinga later, as Shifaliji said. All of these styles are built on very common principles. There is a variation in style, of course. So we will explore the Dravida style, and uh, specifically we'll explore it through the rhythms. Pallavas and Chalukyas, who were instrumental in establishing these styles across the South. You can see what uh, 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 K.R. Srinivasan, um, uh, former deputy director of ASI and a renowned archaeologist and historian has noted about the influence of these kingdoms, their temples on the subsequent kingdoms uh, which constructed temples. The Agama Shastras deal very holistically with temple architecture and rituals. The deity, the architecture and rituals are not really distinct from one another in the Agamas. The deity dictates the architecture of the shrine. Since the temple is as much an extension of the deity as the uh, uh, vigra itself. Uh, and I think Dr. Deglurkar covered this extensively in the last part of his talk. The shrine too, therefore, has to be very precise for the deity to be effective within. You can't just build a temple and then decide which deity to install The ideal uh, temple would have at least one entrance, the Gopuram, uh, Anardhamandapa, Mandapa, Garbhagriha, Shikara, directly above the uh, Garbhagriha. And the design generally comprises of Gopuram, the entrance.
0: Early South Indian temples don't have a very Huge Gopuram that you see these days. In fact, the the tallest uh, Gopuram that you'll see is the Srirangam temple. And that was constructed sometime around 1980. So it is not really uh, a common feature in the earlier temple. Uh, in terms of having and you also have uh, pathas around the Garbhagriha and the Mandapa. These temples also have uh, 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 temple tanks generally. A very important component temple
4: construction is mandala, mandala is on which the temple is built and in whom the temple rests. The temple is situated in him, comes from him and is a manifestation of him. The vastu purusha mandala is both the body of the cosmic being and a bodily device by which those who have the requisite knowledge attain the best results. So the purusha is, of course, uh, not uh, related purely to the uh, ground plan. The purusha is also related to the elevation of the temple. And Dr. Deglurkar has already covered it by saying how the body and the uh, temple structure itself are completely interrelated. Different parts of the temples are named after the limbs of the body, with prana finally being installed in the murti. Uh, From both these talks, keep these elements in mind as we go through pictures of the temples. Now we'll move forward to something more visual, the Pallava temples. So the Pallavas ruled their territory, which was called uh, Tondai Mandalam. Tondai is uh, basically uh, uh, ivy gold. And there are backstories behind it about how uh, the first Pallava floated onto the shores with a Tondai creeper around his neck. They ruled for six centuries, late 3rd century till the ninth century. Uh, in fact, Vishnugopa of Kanchi is mentioned in the Allahabad pillar of Samudra Gupta, albeit that Samudra Gupta defeated him in battle. Both Kanchipuram, the capital of the Pallavas and the renowned seaport of Mahabalipuram, whose temples we'll see, are mentioned in the Sangam literature and also in the works of a lot of European Chinese travelers. We are going to cover in this the uh, temples that were built from the reign of Mahendra Verma Pallava all the way up to Nandi Verma Pallava. Before I go to the temples themselves, I want to share what uh, Kalki has portrayed in his magnum opus Puni in Selvan. He captures a very poignant conversation between a very despondent Parthibendra Pallava and Aditya Karikalan about the ephemeral nature of dynasties and kingdoms and yet what makes them remain in the memory of people, even after several centuries of their decline. And the Pallavas indeed have left a, an indelible mark as uh, Aditya Karikala notes that the architectural masterpieces that Mahindra and Mamalla created will, remain, uh, will remind people of their greatness for thousands of years. So until the Pallavas arrived on the scene in South India, temples were made of uh, perishable materials such as brick, timber. Mahendra Varman, uh, he also called himself Vichitra Chitta, the curious minded, started using hard rock as the fundamental building block of temples, thereby giving these monuments a very lasting durability. He built the Trimurti Temple at Mandagapattu, which is about 20 kilometers away from Jinji or Senji, in which he has inscribed, he proudly declares through an inscription that perishable materials such as brick, metal, mortar, and timber are discarded in favor of living rock. And I must point out the Pallavas dealt with really hard rock, perhaps the hardest uh, rock compared to all the other several kingdoms. So it was not easy at all. You will notice that there are no major uh, architectural elements here. It has really thud pillars. You see uh, Uh, Mandapa and behind there are three uh, sanctums all three sanctums are today empty it is administered by ASI when you visit it you won't find a single soul around. In fact right next to it I think there is a Murugan temple and a small settlement and it is unfortunately the oldest stone temple in Tamil Nadu on the way from uh, Jinji to Chennai you can also where there are some fine examples of more Pallava Raka temples Um, and Uh, uh, they are also far more detailed than this. Now we will move to Mahabalipuram. Uh, Mahabalipuram was indeed uh, an incubation center because you will very clearly see progression here. The rock-cut temples become way more refined, several structural elements begin rathas come into existence, thereby forming the first full freestanding structural stone monuments And finally, you have, of course, the shore temple, which is a complete structural temple in itself. Tirumangai Yalwar has weaved a wonderful tableau of a rich seaport of his times. And he was a contemporary of uh, Nandivarma Pallava, of a very devout populace that flourished both economically and spiritually under the uh, administration of the Pallavas. Most of the monuments existing today were built uh, during the 7th century. Uh, during the reign of Mammala Narasimha Varman I and to some extent Parameshwara Varman I. The shore temple, of course, was built during the reign of Rajasimha Pallava in early part of the next century. I'll start with the cave temples. I'm going to take you through one example only today in the interest of time. But there are many more cave temples in uh, um, Mahabalipuram. The Varaha Mandapam cave temple is excavated inside a very large boulder. Uh, as soon as you go, you see uh, two typical Pallava lion pillars, two lion pilasters at the uh, end, and also an Arthamandapa. The shrine today is empty. It is a Vishnu temple. In the elements that uh, uh, Dr. Deglurkar spoke about, the kuta, the salas beginning to appear, the kudu structures have come in, that, uh, the pillars are far more ornate. Uh, the cave temple really now has moved on to version 2.0 the Pallavas sculpted some amazing reliefs on the walls of their temples. There are four such reliefs uh, in this uh, uh, temple. Uh, Varaha, Trivikrama, Gajalakshmi and Durga. It is likely that all these deities represent uh, uh, and are symbolic of uh, victory. Varaha relief here is uh, carved exactly in line with Vaikhana Sagama. You can notice how seamlessly the neck of the boar merges with the human body. Bhudevi is uh, seated very shy and demure as the Lord brings her out from the depths. Trivikrama is equally imposing. You can also see Jambavan flying right. Why is there a Jambavan in Trivikrama uh, depiction? I'm not going to go into the details. i leave something for mystery. I, I recommend you Google its significance and find out on why you see Jambavan in a Trivikrama uh, deities. One is worshipping her just as any of us would do. The other is actually offering his head to her as a sacrifice. He has a sword uh, uh, ready to cut off his head. These reliefs that you see will reach their peak in the next one that I am going to show you, which is Arjuna's penance or the descendant, uh, descent of Ganga. This is a very prominent landmark in Mahabalipuram. taking an outline depiction of two different tales. Arjuna getting the Pashupata and Ganga descending to the earth in a single you can see many gods, celestial beings like Ganas, Kinnaras, Kimpurushas, Gandharvas, Nagas, etc., on the uh, relief. Uh, they have made use of brilliant use of that natural cleft team as if Ganga is indeed descending from heaven as that cleft. There are many nuances to this relief. In fact, one such nuance is the Pallava clock, which Mahapareva has noted. You can Google to realize how perfectly the exact time of the day, the season, the transition of the sun and the lunar cycle. We'll now move to the freestanding structures. So we've moved from rock-cut temples. Now we will go to the first freestanding structures that we see, uh, the Pancharatas. The Pancharatas were built largely in the reign of Mamala Narasimha the I. They're all monoliths. You will rarely come across uh, such a variety on display in such a small complex. From a small thatched roof temple to a multi-tiered Sikara, ca- the complex really weaves a wonderful milieu of the dravida style. The complex is dedicated to the Pandavas and Draupadi. There are five shrines, they are all uh, uh, chariot styled um, and they progress in complexity. The Draupadi Ratha is like a thatched hut. It has a Durga inside on the back panel of the sanctum, very similar to the Durga we saw a few minutes back. Uh, Arjuna Ratha is a a smaller temple. Bhima Ratha is imposing and it's almost like a wagon. To the right of it, you have Nakula Sahadeva Ratha. And just next to it is an elephant. This is to indicate that the Vimana itself is shaped like the back of that elephant, Gajapurashthakara. Uh, if you notice carefully, Dr. Deglurkar also mentioned the Gajaprashtakara uh, uh, Vimana in his talk. Of course, the largest and the Dharmarajarata. Pallava architects have really displayed some spectacular craftsmanship in this. Uh, K.R. Srinivasan says, this must be by far the handsomest and most powerful shikara in the range of Dravidian architecture. He goes on to say, it gives a sense of, Architectural transcendence that goes well beyond its formal origins. It's actually three tier. Uh, unfortunately, we can't go to the above tiers because there's no uh, mechanism to go there. Uh, Shaiva iconography on its walls, uh, uh, particularly on the above uh, tiers. We spoke about the mandalas. So you have to note the uh, perfect mandala structure here in the Dharmarajarata, particularly the bottom left one. It is almost a textbook representation. So now we have seen rock-cut temples, we've seen freestanding temples. Now we'll move to the uh, complete structural temple that is there in Mahabalipuram. I would all recommend you, if you, if, you, know, whenever we get out of this lockdown, etc., and if you go there, go there at dawn, the temple complex opens at 6 a.m., you can get some amazing views of the sunrise right behind the temple. It was built during the reign of Rajasimha Pallava. It consists actually of three distinct shrines. The the smaller front one that you see is Rajasimha Pallaveshwara. The one behind is Kshatriya Simha Pallaveshwara, the larger one. And finally, between the two, there is a smaller sanctum with Anantasai Vishnu, uh, also known as Pallikundaruliya Devar. You can see another Varaha on the bottom of the peak getting ready to dive into the ocean. There is also a small shrine right next to it. On the other side, you will find the lion shrine and should be, there is a small relief of Mahishasuramardhani. Every structural element that you saw in all the theory that we saw behind is now fully expressed in stone. The progression that is seen in Mahabalipuram, in Kanjipuram, we'll explore two temples where the concepts now begin to enter the metaphysical beyond just the structural. Kailasana, the temple of, uh, or Rajas- Rajasimma Pallaveshwaram as it was called when it was built, it has inspired several kingdoms in their endeavors to build temples. This is like a landmark temple. Rajasimha Pallava who constructed it has several inscriptions in the temple and he has expressed its magnificence in his own words. He starts with Harasya Harahasa Rupam Atimanam atyadbhutam the bewitching smile of Shiva, proud, most extraordinary. Indeed, in every sculpture that you see in this temple, Shiva is always shown divinely joyous and with the most enticing smile. About the temple structure, Rajasimha says, kailasha apaharati. The temple has abducted the divine play of Kailasa itself. In every sense, he is accurate. Every possible form of Shiva and his leelas are captured in sandstone. Vimana itself towers like Mount Kailasa depicted is, is absolutely in his or her element, playing, dancing, rejoicing as one would actually imagine Kailasa to be when Lord sits uh, on it and pervades the universe. Finally, Rajasimha closes it with Shri Rajasimha Pallaveshware Nagendra Bhoga Bhima Bhushana Deva Surendra Vandita, Stane Stitostu Shankaras Chiram In Rajasimha Pallaveshwaram bedecked with serpents worshipped by Indra and Deva's Shankara forever reside in this place. Let's take a look at the structure of the temple. There are approximately 60 small shrines that form a garland around the main. Uh, you, you can see this. These, these are the smaller shrines. There are approximately 60 of them and they form like a garland around the main shrine. You also have 10 sub shrines here attached to the main structure of the building in these 60 uh, uh, smaller shrines that you see uh, south side have samhara murti forms of shiva and the north side have anugraha murti forms of shiva there are murals uh, within them of a richness that will be uh, that almost rivals with uh, ajanta sculptures on the walls of the main temple and smaller shrines are guaranteed to awe the devotee every single time he visits um, Uh, The temple, and you will keep on visiting it. It is such an alluring temple. Scholars believe that the entire temple was probably painted when it was originally built. Outside the gopuram, you see another eight uh, uh, shrines. These were built by Rangapataka, uh, Rajasimha's queen. I'll quickly run you through a few pictures.
0: These are the shrines built. Built by Rangapataka, Cholas had their Nataraja, but Pallavas have this form of dancing Shiva as
4: their icon. You'll find it in. Uh, right next to the Lord uh, Ganas playing music for him to dance Parvati leaning and uh, looking at him keep an eye on the Makara Torana the Torana has become very elaborate and exquisite as you can see straddled by the uh, Pallava lions on the pillars uh, we have Lingodbhava with Vishnu and Brahma flanking uh, the Lord again the Makara Torana very elaborate you have Dakshina Murti. Murti is flanked by several uh, creatures. You can see monkeys, birds and uh, really happy lions for uh, some reason. But, uh, and deer uh, beneath his feet. Again, all of the images you will see Shiva with a very uh, enticing smile. You will not come across a big shot like this. There is so much swag in this uh, uh, image. The Rishi Patnis are at his feet. The Rishis are angry and uh, you know he's uh, walking along very nonchalantly. You will see uh, Urdhva Tandava where uh, the Lord raises his foot, uh, where he actually lifts his earring which has fallen on the floor, raises it and reattaches it to his ear. You'll see Nandi right beside him in Chatushta Tandava um, again being uh, looked upon by Vishnu and uh, Brahma then we have uh, Kirata and Arjuna. Um, Kirata Arjuniyam was written by Bharavi, who was a contemporary of the Pallavas. Then you also see Narasimha. You can see the movement define, uh, you know depicted really sublimely. So now that we have moved to Vishnu structure, let's move from Kailasha to Vaikunta. I'll try and close this uh, quickly. Um, Vaikunta Perumal Temple. If ever there was a temple that stood word for word for the elements of temple construction, where the body of the temple itself is the Lord within, then that is Vaikunta Perumal. It was built by Pallava Malla Nandi Varma Pallava. It was ori- originally called Parameshwara Vinnagaram or Parameshwara vishnugraham The structure of the temple is shown here. The gray area is later construction. We'll explore the black portion. As one enters the main structure, one can see a circumambulatory passage running around the temple. Walls of this passage have panels containing the complete history of Pallavas, starting from the first Pallava. Uh, Simi Naksha has painstakingly chronicled each panel in her thesis. The historical sculptures uh, of Vaikunta Perumal Temple, Kanchi, which was published in 1941. Then you have a moat-like structure, which when filled with water will represent Shira Sagara, on which the temple, which is the body of God himself, floats. Through the Mandapa, one then moves into a sanctum, which is a magnificent seated Vasudeva. Here you see the complete mandala formation getting expressed both on the ground plan and vertical structure. It is a four tier temple. As we move from one tier to the next, we are moving from the gross body of the Lord to the causal body, to the subtle body, to Atman. That is Kula Sharira to Sukshma Sharira to Karana Sharira to Atman. At the gross body level, we have Vasudeva. Subtle body level, we see Anantasai uh, Vishnu. In the causal body level, we have a standing Vishnu. The Atman chamber is void. The outer wall of the gross body has depictions of all the continents or physical realms described in the Bhagavata Purana. You'll see Bhadrashwa region, Bharata region, Hari region, etc. Gross body, therefore physical universe. In the first tier, uh, subtle body, you have events of all the Avatara Purushas etched on it. Events from Krishna's life, Rama's, uh, Rama taking on the ocean, Gajendra Moksha, churning of the ocean, etc. are depicted. Further, uh, you know, uh, Pro, uh, Dr. Deglurkar also mentioned Pancharatra philosophy. As per Pancharatra philosophy, the world is manifested by the Lord through Vyuha formations, Sankarshana, Pradyumna and Aniruddha. They are also depicted on the inner corridor as you move up to the first uh, layer. Unfortunately, third and fourth layer are inaccessible today because the temple is in a very dilapidated uh, condition. I'll just quickly run you through some of the uh, views of the temple. Vimana is a, a towering Meru Vimana, the circumambulatory passage behind which you can see the history panels. Uh, um, you know, the origin of the Pallavas. Pallavas believe themselves to have descended from Ashwatthama. So, how does Ashwatthama come? His entire lineage is shown. Then, the birth of the first Pallava, where Ashwatthama, during, due, uh, doing a, a penance, is enticed by Madani and Apsara, and the first Pallava is born. Uh, you have events from all the kings before, coronation scenes, war scenes. You can see Ashwamedha Yagna where the horse is tied to a yupa. You even have adverse uh, depictions. A blank panel to show turmoil in the kingdom after Vishnu was defeated by Samudra Gupta. Uh, these two, I will just leave you with the text below for two seconds. You can Google and figure out about this. This is a very interesting feature of the Pallava dynasty. Nandi Varma Pallava is actually from, from a Collateral lineage. One can go on and on about this temple. I'll stop right now. Um, uh, and uh, you know, I, I just want to leave you with this thought. We saw a lot of vibrant joy in Mahabalipuram temples. We saw Kailasa bring brought all the way from Himalayas to Kanjipuram. Then we saw a complex philosophical concept in the physical form in such a way that the form itself became the divine. I think the Pallavas have done it all. They were storytellers, sculptors, architects, but above all, they were really pioneers. With this, I'll give it to Guri to take you through the Chalukyas.
2: Thank you, Bharat. That was really, really interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, Shifali, I'll share my screen now. Yeah, please do, so. And, uh, Guri, uh, just keep track of time, okay? Yeah, sure. Okay. uh,
5: Thank you, Shifali ji. So, I'm really glad to be speaking here today among such distinguished people. I'll uh, be presenting in the next few minutes about uh, the Badami Chalukyas and various uh, temple constructions that they made within the 6th to the 8th century. We'll mainly be exploring the sculptural panels as well as briefly the architectural components and their contribution to the craft of temple building. I'd like to begin with this quote by Bhati Hari, where he uh, refers to Shiva as someone who is not definable, yet someone who is uh, pure intelligence and can only be understood through self-perception. Now, this has always been the underlying, uh, what you would say, worldview, Hindu worldview. And this is the basis on which the temples also have been built, wherein the inner Garbhagriha shows the uh, pure essence or the akar-roop of that pure essence in the outer temple construction, equally important, uh, embodies the outer kosha. And it is through understanding this duality, uh, can uh, a devotee move to a non-dual state or a moksha. So, before moving ahead, just a brief on the Chalukyas of Badami. They uh, existed from the 6th to the 8th century and um, they they were initially vaishnavas they called themselves as mahabhagavatas param bhagavatas ranavikrantas etc and and in, towards the latter half of their reign they moved to being uh, Shaivas, focused on the uh, Shaiva sampradaya however during the entire reign we see them uh, patronizing Shaiva, vaishnava and jaina temples equally Um, they were one of the most powerful kingdoms in their time and they um, actually had frequent altercations with the Pallavas in the south and they also defeated Harsha in the north. So they were a political relations with Iran and Southeast Asia and one of the most important contributions was defeating the Arab invaders in the first half of the 8th century near Gujarat, Navsari today. If that would have not been done, uh, the invasions would have entered the Deccan earlier than what happened and we would have not been able to see the kind of temple architecture that exists today. The city of Badami as uh, you can see today is expired even the uh, Chalukyas began their political career. This was also a well-known city in ancient times. Uh, it was a Teethas Thala associated with Rishi Agastya. Uh, the Badami cave temples uh, really really, uh, you know, deserve a special mention because they are the next step in the uh, building of cave temples, especially Hindu cave temples. The most initial phase happens in uh, the Ajanta Buddhist temples. And then we see the first uh, Hindu cave temple, at least that is known to us, which is uh, the Elephanta cave temple. And this is the next step. So we see a lot of borrowing of the concepts from those cave uh, excavations in these caves, but we also see a new uh, creation of a new architectural template, as well as a new structural style. The, the structures are very uh, simple in terms of architecture. We have an Ardha Mandapa or a porch followed by the Sabha Mandapa and then the Garbhagri. So here we will be looking at the three Hindu cave temples. Uh, the Shaiva cave temple here um, is actually uh, uh, a latter construction and it is simple in the pillars of the cave temple. We would be seeing similarities with the Elephanta caves uh, where it is seen uh, on the fluted column. The porch becomes a subject of some very beautiful panel, uh, uh, you know, sculptures. Like, for instance, deity of Harihara along with Devi Lakshmi and Devi Parvati. But the most alluring, uh, um, you know, sculpture that exists outside this cave is this eighteen-armed bas relief of Nataraja, uh, where he, uh, Shiva, seems to be performing an Ananda Tandava, uh, and he's accompanied by Ganesha. Uh, This is one of the most beautiful descriptions of uh, this iconography and um, the sculptor or the artist has actually rendered motion in a static space and uh, even though multiple attempts are made after this in the later cave excavations that happen at Eloda, we do not see the similar level of uh, aesthetic. So this is one of the most uh, important sculptures here. Now we'll take a brief look at the Vaishnava cave temples. And the Vaishnava cave temples are a lot more embellished than the Shaiva that we just saw, and uh, however, they're still uh, uh, you know unique in the sense that uh, even though we have contemporary cave temple excavations happening uh, at the uh, with the Pallavas deep south, they have their own uh, what you would say uh, stylistic template of sculpture as well as decorational motifs, which are very unique to the Deccan region. So here you can see a panel of three Vikrama. And one of the most uh, uh, you know beautiful uh, descriptions here is of this Adi Varaha uh, uh, iconography of the Varaha Avatar, where he's rescuing Devi Prithvi from the ocean. We saw how Bharat uh, showed uh, 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 another uh, stylistic representation of the same iconography in the Pallava caves. But uh, this is unique in that sense that different elements are used here. The last cave uh, that's present, Hindu cave present here is... Uh, Literally, an epoch in the sense that it introduces new architectural components, which then get replicated later uh, by the Rashtrakutas at Elora. and also it introduces a, a, a level of intricacy that is not seen here before. Uh, uh, visual panels that will strike you when you walk towards the cave is this uh, magnificent, gigantic uh, Virata Rupa of Vishnu, where he is encompassing the three lokas uh, by uh, you know enlarging himself and this is in response to a boon that he got from King Bali. Now, here we can see that he's Ashtabuja holding uh, numerous weapons, and, and the sculptors actually used a technique of, say, for instance, showing the Deva above his head, straining against the borders of the uh, Deva Loka as a way of showing his expanding form. So, there are some uh, beautiful techniques uh, used over here. Now, in this cave, we get an inscription. Uh, by the uh, chalukyan king mangalesha who mentions that he inaugurates an inscription in sanskrit and he in, his intention is very clear he excavates this board for shri hari and uh, he his and therefore making this cave he also dedicates a village and its um, tax income towards the maintenance of this cave so and also he in, he writes an in inscription that visitors mendicants and scholars who are visiting the cave should also be provided for the architectural component uh, that is additionally new in this cave is this bracket-like structure that connects the ceiling to the pillars, which becomes the subject for Huna couples and beautifully bedecked uh, Apsaras. And uh, this is uh, an instance of how shingara Ras is used to enhance the um, uh, aesthetic of the cave and also to elevate the mind of the observer. The Vakuntanaq's sculpture in this cave can also... Um, be observed. So this is one of the most iconic uh, representations where we see Sri harina a sitting posture on Anantanag and he's uh, uh, very well identified by this sculpture. And of course the ceiling itself is uh, literally like a canvas where we have multiple episodes from the Puranas, Krishna, Leela, etc. And on the columns. This is a uh, small example where we can see Brahma surrounded by the Dikpalas. ...of a Somya Narsimha, where uh, Narsimha Bhagwan is in a very, very good mood. He seems to be leaning on a base. But here, the uh, the iconography is slightly different because instead of holding a chakra and a conch, which we see in every uh, representation of the vis- instead or ganas, so these could be uh, the other uh, possibly icons of the same uh, symbols. And we see a, a garuda in the in the human form instead of the normal iconography so a new attempt being made here we'll now move to the main site where uh, the chalukyas of Badami actually uh, constructed most of their temples and uh, the chalukyas deserve a mention because they are the singular dynasty that patronized both architectural styles the dravida as well as literally became a meeting point for styles and also at I hold they they literally uh, undertook a lot of experimentation in constructing multi-tiered uh, Garba temples as well as uh, you know the apsidal form of a temple in the Durga temple that you would see at eye So There was a lot of experimentation happening in the Deccan and it was being spearheaded by the Chalukyas. Uh, so Patadakalu because, uh, and, and the experimentation theater wherein we see all kinds of temple structures. So we'll be exploring them in the next few slides. Before moving ahead, uh, just a brief look at how the Nagara uh, progressed uh, because Bharat has already covered the aspects of the Dravida architecture. So the Guptas were the first pioneers. And uh, within from the 3rd century onwards, we see an attempt to use hard rock instead of brick or wood structures to create temples. Uh, the cave temples also that we saw earlier would have replicated some of the motifs as well as the ceiling panels or the pillars that were used in these uh, wood uh, a movement of the same uh, as the material changes. So we can probably use that to guess uh, how the previous structures look like. But the first Gupta temple at Sanchi that we know of uh, is a very simple structure, flat roof. Then we move on to this Parvati temple where a uh, platform is added and a circumambulatory path is provided. The next stage then moves on to this brick temple at Bhitargaon. Uh, where we have a stepped pyramidal kind of structure, literally, which was used for by the Dravidian uh, sthapatis. Uh, this is not the curvilinear, uh, but this temple, which is the most important template or the first Nagara Prasada style, you can call it, Dashavatara Temple at Digha, which literally has the remains of a triangular shikhara and has its own viewing mandapas on three sides with uh, sculptures of Vishnu. So this is a very important development and after this we then see uh, the next stage of development happening in the Deccan where again the has play an extremely important role. linear structure that is very, um, very style, it is divided into horizontal sections called mumis and vertical sections called latas and using different combinations of these as well as multiple repetition of shikharas in the form of a cluster of shikharas like we saw at the Khajuraho temple, you can create variations. It also, a Nagaya temple also consists of the same, uh, similar structure uh, in terms of mandapas. It, ha, it will have the porch, the sabha mandapa, the antaral, and then finally the garbagri. So the earlier temples that were built here were of this typical style. However, they were not very, very grandiose in scale, in the scale. And if we were to look at uh, the, one of the earlier temples, the most pronounced is this Mukhapati, which actually gives you a, uh, a uh, uh, carving of, what is enshrined or what is a deity enshrined in the temple. So, since this is a, a Shiva temple, we are seeing uh, Nataraja here. We also see a very unique kind of iconography here, wherein we see five shivalingas atop the roof, which probably stand for the five Shiva tattvas, something that we do not uh, really uh, see frequently in Nagara temples. Now, the Galaknath temple is where the... The template of the Nagara Prasada style of temple gets fully formalized. The shikara increases in size. Uh, There is a lot more intricate work done on it. And you can see the finial here, the typical amalaka and the kalasha on top. Now this is an exact copy of the Arka Brahma temple that exists at Alanku today. Both were built by the Chalukyas of Badami. There is also circumambulatory path in this temple now. And there are sculptures. Uh, uh, with viewing mandapas on the side, similar to the Dashavtar temple that we just saw. Only one survives today, which uh, portrays the Andhakasurvad episode. Uh, We finally now move to the Dravida section of uh, the constructions that happened at Patvada Kalu. And even though the uh, Chalukyas actually built uh, some uh, experimentation of their idea of of the Karnataka style of template at Badami in in terms of the Malagiti Shivalya. And if you were to look at Mahakuta, uh, the temple at Mahakuta, those were the initial attempts at creating uh, octagonal shikharas as well as creating a tiered layer uh, as the Vimana. But this is where it gets actually formalized again. So this is uh, this temple itself, it may not seem very ornate, but in terms of its value add to the evolutionary curve, it it cannot be ignored. So here we see the introduction of this hara or the parapet component, where above the the main uh, primary structure, we see the use of these shalas and the kuta structures, which are also seen on Pallava temples, and the tiered pyramidal uh, sort of vimana. Now, each layer here is a copy of the base. It's an exact copy of the base in terms of proportion and even style. It is just built in a uh, reducing size. The components, as you can see, Sabha Mandapa, Mandapa, and the two tiers of this temple. So, uh, the inscription that uh, we see here, uh, it gives us an insight into how the decisions were made regarding temple building. So, we have an inscription outside this temple which says that uh, even though this is of a latter period, it uh, documents how the temple was built wherein 52 members of Abhimanapura, which is a local village, they took the decision on selecting the sthapati. So, even though the patronage was done by the king, the local decisions were taken by the council of wise men or or what you would call today as a centralized. wherein the relevant parties made the decision. It was not like a despotic sort of a, a line of power. We also find various inscriptions where people make donations. And this is for centuries after the Chalukyas have been... And, uh, you know, alive. Uh Guri, uh yeah. just keep a track of the time. Just take around five more minutes. So the Virupaksha Temple is the final culmination in this series, wherein uh, it actually the zenith of Chalokin sculpture uh, of development here uh, in terms of the sculptural panels as well as the intricacy. And the story behind this is that Vikramaditya Chalukya invades Kanchi. He sees the Kelas or the Raj Simma Pallaveshwara temple. And he's so enamored that he actually dedicates uh, a huge amount of gold to the temple, well, unparalleled. And that's how the Virupaksha temple came into existence. Uh, now the Virupaksha temple has one uh, separate architectural feature, like the addition of copy of the Mukha Bhatti that we see on the Nagara temples, uh, which does not exist in any contemporary Dravidian architecture. Now we see many beautiful sculptures like uh, those of Mithunas as well as ceiling work in this temple uh, unparalleled within that contemporary time. We also uh, get an inscription about who made the temple. It was an uh, architect called uh, Gundan Anivaritachari who made the temple and he is exempt from paying taxes for the rest of it, not just by money but by also such measures. Uh, Before we move ahead, we'll just take a look at uh, a beautiful a Mahishasur Maldini sculpture, uh, a very different kind of a sculpture, uh, uh, not, uh, not seen before uh, in the cave temple excavation. Now this is nice right next to the Virupaksha temple, is just a smaller copy. And this is a nan- beautiful Nandi Mandapa that we're looking at with the Gajathara and also uh, the use of Apsaras. And this is a nan- beautiful Nandi Mandapa that we're looking at with the Gajathara and also uh, the use of Apsaras uh, for decoration. The Sabha Mandapa of the temples inside have pillars with a lot of intricate work done here. We see many inscriptions here which tell us that schools flourished, uh, which which worked with the uh, Shastras like the Nata Shastra. There would have been schools of musicians. There would have been uh, various uh, guilds who were, uh, uh, you know, who would work on sculpture. So it was a vibrant uh, place that we cannot really imagine how it would have looked today. But we would have had as, as well as Shastra art, happening in the surroundings of this temple. The last Nagara temple built here is the Kashi Vishweshwara temple. One uh, needs to recognize it for the intricacy. Uh, the pillars themselves are a uh, development in the um, Nagara architecture where we see the use of Kirti Mukha and the Gaja capital and also scenes from Kailasha. Like for instance here, this is Ravana lifting Kailasha. Just quickly, sculptures present on the outer façade of the temple. Uh, These sculptures on the outer façade also play a very uh, lead behind or to get detached from the temporal realities and ready his or her mind to go before the of the deity. So here we can see one of the descriptions outside which is of Harihara and here we have an Ashtabuja Vishnu even though this is a Shaiva temple. A beautiful Makara Toran Mahishasur Martini. Every panel has been done with a lot more detailing than we we would have seen previously, this is Uma Maheshra on the left, and on the right we see a scene from the Ramayana where uh, Devi Sita is being abducted by Ravana. Just finally, before I close, uh, a look at one or two miniature sculptures which are present on the inner walls of the temple. So the inner walls of the temple are a knowledge uh, a knowledge body literally in terms of episodes from the Puranas, from the Itihasa as well as it gives us uh, uh, a window into the life of the nobility, uh, how the uh, palace uh, environments probably were. For instance, the first panel shows um, uh, Bhishma lying on his uh, bed of arrows with the Pandavas paying obeisance to him. On the right, you can see episode from the Ramayana, where we see the Shurpanakha getting her nose cut and then finally uh, resulting in the abduction of Devi Sita. On the left, you can see a noble woman, a Chalukyan nobility or probably a princess, how she would have been feted in those days where she's surrounded by attendants and even is facing a scribe who probably takes orders from her or writes letters for her. On the right, we see this beautiful, uh, uh, you know, sculpture depicting the Kirata Juni episode from the Mahabharata and above is a very interesting sculpture where a single step from, the, uh, from probably the Natya Shastra has been encoded step by step as, as so from position A to position C. So a very uh, interesting way of depicting that. So finally, I'll close with the, this collage of some of the themes that we have explored and also some which we were unable to explore, uh, like the Durga Temple at I-Hole as well as the multi storied temple, which were the most initial experimentations. The Chalukyas uh, would have to be credited for creating a very diverse range of structures for patronizing all, uh, uh, what you would say, sects or sampradayas and literally creating the golden age for the Nagara as well as the Dravida uh, template, which then went on to you know influence even the construction of the Kailashna temple at Elora. So I'll close with this, Shefali ji.
3: Uh, thank you, uh, Guru and uh, Bharat. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Thank Shafani. you. Sir. Yeah. Shafani, I just want to say, I oh. yeah, yeah. Uh, just want to thank uh, Bharat and uh, Gurpreet uh, for the presentation. Uh, for all the viewers, uh, I'd like to inform you that uh, the book, based on uh, the research done by, will be published in a month's time or so. Uh, the limited point is that uh, they're all, Gurpith is a merchant banker in uh, engineering company in Chennai, but uh, they're very passionate and they're uh, resulting in a, a book. Actually, this book has been very coincidentally made possible by Dimple who saw them exchanging uh, uh, photographs and then she said, why don't you convert your passion into a book? So now finally, we're going to have a coffee table book uh, published. So please do... Uh, buy the book and encourage them to produce and write more such books. Like
4: Sardesai says,
3: uh, buy my book to know. Hello. (laughs) Thank you, you, Shafali. Thank you, Bharat. Thank you.
2: Without much ado, I'll move on to the next speaker. Unfortunately, we don't have. uh, Ashutosh a professional. He works for the Gaurav Pradhan Foundation right now after a career in data computing, I understand and he's keenly interested in the cultural heritage and he's been writing articles about the tradition and culture of Odisha in various portals over to you ashutosh and uh, just a request please ensure that your presentation sticks to time please thank you uh,
6: thanks sefali uh, thanks uh, indica academy for giving me this opportunity to share my understanding on the Kalinga architecture uh, so, I will uh, share my screen and in the meanwhile, I will uh, stop sharing the video so that the bandwidth uh, means, uh, uh, can one second. Yeah, so can you guys see my screen?
0: Can you guys see my screen? Yes, we can.
6: Okay, fine. Okay. So, I mean, as I said, uh, currently, I'm working with Guarapaghan Foundation and uh, I mean, basic idea after my uh, 14 years of corporate experience, I thought, uh, let me do something uh, for my cultural heritage, because that has been my interest area since my school days. So that's how I I I started on writing on articles, blogs, and then studying temples and all. So, so in this uh, I mean, section, what we will, uh, I have divided section into three parts, uh, a brief intro about the various architectures, though all the three uh, previous speakers uh, have kind of uh, uh, covered it uh, brilliantly. And then uh, the next section, the Kalinga architecture in detail about what are the various types of temples, what are the various parts of temples and how it has evolved over a uh, over the centuries. And then uh, I will try to cover some uh, six, seven temples uh, means, uh, from Bhubaneswar, Konak and Puri. Doing the first part. So now as our previous speaker says, uh, mentioned in detail, I'm not going to detail. I'll just say one thing that uh, uh, viscera architecture was means kind of a hybrid architecture uh, means developed from Nagara and Dravidar and uh, the means architectural experts uh, means kind of um, mentioned Kalinga as one of the sub-styles of Nagara, uh, where it has developed into some unique significance, which we'll see in the subsequent sections. So this is the basically a uh, means kind of a representation where you can see the typical uh, means kind of a difference between uh, those two styles in the northern and the southern style. Coming on to the, uh, the most important section, uh, understanding the nuances of Kalinga architecture. So this uh, section I have means kind of divided into majorly uh, three sections. One is intro, types, parts and evolution. So as per Indian Sulfa Sastra texts and evidence from Karnataka, uh, there are four types of uh, architectures, Nagara, dravida, Vesara and Kalinga. So when we ca- uh, talk about Kalinga, uh, means, which uh, means uh, the modern day Odisha, uh, in its geographical extent, in uh, means ancient past included present Odisha and Andhra Pradesh and West Bengal, some parts of them. So there are basically three types of uh, uh, temples, that is Khakral Devola, Rekha Devola, Pidhar, Bhadra Devola. So majority of the Vimana, the uh, means had Rekha, Rekha Devola kind of in concept. The Khakral Devoda was uh, limited to uh, pre- uh, very few uh, Sakti uh, temples. And the Pidha and Bhadra Devoda ha- uh, has been majorly used for Jagmono and then maybe for sometimes during Natamandipa and Bhogamandapa. So now, coming on the parts of the temple, I will explain it in detail. So it had actually the main parts that is, when the mature phase came into picture Devoda, Jagmano, Natamandira, and Bhogamandapa. Uh, as the na- name sundaest, uh, means uh, Nata Natamandira was the hall of dance. It was used for festivals and for some ro- royal functions and all. Bhogamandapa was the hall of offering, uh, which was developed in the mature phase. And the evolution uh, means can be uh, categorized into four parts. That is early middle phase of maturity and the ultimate climate that the descendants. A is nothing but when the British came, the Mughals came, they started on destroying the temple. So there was not much that much temple built after the uh, phase of maturity. So typical Kalinga architecture looks like this, uh, a Garbhagriya which is means kind of a Rekhadevola structure that is a curvilinear peak, uh, as explained by previous speakers. Then the Jagmohan and Natamandira had uh, the Pidhadevola kind of structure and the Bhogabandapa was uh, sometimes a I mean, Jagmohan I means kind of a concept or sometimes a Krakaradevola. So now if you see these three pictures, these three pictures depict the three types of temples. The Rekha Devla, it is nothing but means all the three temples are developed on a square plan. Uh, the Rekha Devla is uh, uh, with a curvilinear tower. That is where, I uh, majorly uh, the Garbhagriha or the Vigraha means is positioned. Uh, so we have the uh, means the image of Negras temple, which was uh, believed to be the most uh, means brilliant architecture of the uh, means ancient India uh, from Kalingan architecture perspective. Then in the Pithar Devla, it has also a means kind of a square plan top with pyramidal towers. Composed of horizontal tires. So, horizontal tires means uh, kind of built in a pyramid structure. So, where uh, there are some uh, different means, levels. So, in the uh, means uh, Konark we had three tires, but in uh, means, uh, means left hand side uh, means you can see in the Negras temple, the next adjacent to Vimana, it had two tires. Then the next was is the Khakara Devola, which is very few temples, we so, have three to four temples in Odisha which have been developed in this thing. Where the base is again uh, means, uh, means square clined but the top is uh, means kind of an uh, uh, what do you say semi cylindrical top. So this is this was majorly means for some few temples. Uh, the Betal deola is one of the classic examples which is uh, which was built in the uh, formative phase. So now coming on to a little bit into details of the overall temple architecture. So these were the four sections which I was mentioning: Deola Jagmohan, Atamandir, and Bhogarbanda uh devula means uh, had uh, two means kind of uh, architectural themes that is one is the rekha devula or thakara devula then Jagmona was uh, means uh, when i uh, means Jagmona started on building it was a flat roof temple hall uh, we'll see how it uh, means happened in the formative uh, phase uh, that is parshumar temple which is there uh, which, first, uh, means, uh, Edison, which was the first instance of Jagman Edison, which was a platform and going ahead, everything was in Pidha So, the and Bhokar were majorly the Pidha uh, So there is a traditional village. So that's the quote I, that's why I mentioned, that in Odisha, when the craftsmen uh, who were known as the Not modern, getting
2: the sound. Uh, so uh, Sepali, is it right now? Uh, I mean, yeah. Right now we can hear it. You need to. You need to. You need to cut down on slides if you need to. But speak a little slower, please.
6: Okay, sir. uh So now you can,
2: uh, you can cut down on the number of slides in the beginning. You know, instead of showing many temples, but when you're explaining, just slow down a little bit so that people can understand. Sure,
6: sure, sure. Uh,
0: uh, so uh, now the voice is clear. Now the voice is clear. Okay. So maybe there is some
6: network as So uh, there was there is a traditional belief uh, when uh, the craftsmen of Odisha who were generally toned as Maharana as local language they used to kind of uh, consider Vimana that is the Garbhagra as the bridegroom and the Jagmona as the bride. So on the right hand side picture you can see the I mean, uh, I mean, pictorial uh, de- representation of uh, I means and that is Jagmona and the Bimana. So, we can see that it consisted of four parts, as it was beautifully explained by our first speaker. Uh, Pista, which was the platform on which the temples were built. Then the Bada, which is the vertical portion. Uh, till the Bada part, the Rekha and Pidha were were kind of similar. Then the next portion, that is the Gandhi. That is where the difference between the Pidha and Rekha started. So, in I means Diola, it was a continuous space and the Pidha, it's a pyramidal with horizontal tyres. Then they both of the temples had a mastaka prison that, which consisted of uh, Amaraka Kalasa and all. So in the next slide, in this slide, we will try to see the various uh, means, uh, parts of the Rekha Devala in a little bit in detail. In the sense, just to means, guys, make you understand what uh, means these parts are. So in most of the Kalinga temples which were developed in the modern day, means the, means the mature phase, uh, that is let's say Jagannath Temple Puri or Lingaraj Temple Bhubaneswar, so the pista part or the platform platform uh, means not uh, means uh, there. So that that means the temple directly rose from the land means from the ground. So then it had maxi- uh, the three parts that is the bottom, which has uh, again the five parts that is pavaga, tala, uh, the upper uh, talajanga, and upper janga they, uh, means uh, divided by bandhana. Then there was the baranda. So in this Bada part there were means the various architectural square motifs. Uh, which I'll cover in the next steps, where it was beautifully designed so that it becomes and means kind of an interesting uh, means the view for the bhaktas who are visiting the temple. Then uh, on the Gandhi person uh, has various kind of uh, means uh, tires. And uh, the like uh, the, the temples of Kalinga were built on either a triratha, pancharatha, saptaratha uh, means or Navaratha. Majorly means the or most of the temples were built on Pancharatha. Pancharatha means you can see one Rahapaga then the absent Paga was Anuratha Paga, then the Kanika Paga. So similarly on the right hand side, it is again the Anuratha Paga and Kanika Paga. So that's how means the Pancharatha line terms. so how the, the temple rose. And then the Kanika Pagas were kind of differentiated by Bhumis, uh, again cut into horizontal Thayas, differentiated by Bhumis. So these Bhumis had various cultural designs or architectural designs then. Then the topmost person of the temple was Mastaka. Which consisted again of Beki, Amada, Kapuri, and Kalasa. This Mastaka was one of the most important aspects of uh, the temple design in uh, Kalinga architecture because the overall gravity of the temple depends on the position of the Kalasa and the Kapuri. The reason being, I will give a classic example of Konak temple. We know that the Konak temple has been, means uh, the Rekha Devula part, means the the Bhimana part has been destroyed. There is a story behind it. Uh, the uh, the di then came when he ordered the temple to be built. The I Maharas, mean, 1200, I maharanas mean, were kind of employed. And when they built the builder teed, so he had given a condition that the sun from rise to fall, so, uh, the sun should be falling on the main vigraha placed in the temple. So, but the Maharanas were unable to kind of uh, means, uh, understand the uh, means design, the science, how to build. So, there is a 12-year-old uh, boy named Dharma, who was the, main, uh, means the son of the main Maharana. So, he cut the magnet in such a way and positioned it on the Kadasa that only the sun rays started on falling on the main Vidraha. In rainfall, nothing. He thought that 1200 uh, means people could not build it, and I built it. If the king comes to know, he might means just punish those 1200. So he means kind of jumped from the uh, uh, means uh, temple terrace, and he means, le- means lost his life because of that reason. That temple was never then pratista so there was no puja done. And when the Britishers came, so that the magnet was so powerful that used to pull the ships, stop the ships. So the Britishers, what they did was that they took out the magnet and took it to Britain. So the moment they took out the magnet, the whole, means the Vimana structure just collapsed. So that was the reason why this mastaka is very important part. And then uh, means, uh, coming on to the right hand side picture where we have tried to define the Raha Paga, uh, Karnika Paga and uh, Paga. So Raha Gavaga was the, you can see one of the space, uh, means that, that was the place in the Gandhi section where we had uh, The means uh, uh, the, This is very important structure in Kalinga architecture. In Siva temples, we generally had Bhagwan Ganesa in the south, Devima Parvati on the west and Bhagwan Kartika on the north. Similarly, in uh, Vishnu temple, his Aptars were placed. Like uh, Bhagwan Baraha, Bhagwan Narsima, and Bhagwan Bangalore. Now, coming on to the Pitha Devula, So, uh, we saw the same kind of an architecture, only the person, the Gandhi person, was different, where we can see horizontal tires being arranged uh, with respect to a uh, pyramidal structure. And uh, there are certain tires, let's say, like uh, in, in Lingras, uh, there were two tires of differentiation. and um, But in Konak, uh, the Jagmona, it were three tires. The khatra Devadab, uh, means uh, is the oblong structure with a semi centric roof. Now, coming on to the another uh, important aspect of the Kalinga architecture was the sculptural futures. So, sculptural futures were basically, it means kind of have been uh, defined uh, by the archaeologist experts like Dr. K. S. Vera or Dr. K. C. Panigrai who, who have written the maximum portions and understanding on the Kalinga architecture. They have kind of defined it as architectural motifs and sculptural motifs or decorative motifs. Architectural motifs were nothing but uh, on the main walls in the Minsk Pavaga and on the Minskandi, Gandhi, they had made miniature temple motifs. Miniature temple motifs is nothing but the mini representation of the temples. Let's say, like uh, the Khakra Mundi had a representation of the Khakra type of temple. The Pidhamundi had a representation of the Pidham the type of temple. And then was there was another thing which is known as Bajramundi. The Mundi is nothing but, the, it has been designed in a brilliant way, with two superimposed medallion. So if you can see uh, in this, uh, uh, the right-hand side corner uh, image, uh, that is the Mundi of Lingras, so you can see over the, uh, there are two I mean, superimposing fibers on each level. So that's how the Mundi was done. Then uh, means uh, we can see the image of uh, means Vidhamundi on the upper image that is uh, what was built on uh, the Lingras temple and uh, similarly uh, one of the Mundi is depended on the left hand side bottom image within Pani Kirana initiative. a Pani Gran uh, ritual the Pani Kirana ritual is one of those uh, typical I means vidhis of a marriage function in Odisha so that's how and some of the I means major pujas also in the verticals so now coming on to other two architectural motifs which were built was uh, uh,
0: uh, the projecting lions. So the projecting lions, when they built it, it was a moment of pride. So uh, what means in the projecting line was that you can see on the right hand side image, the corner image, where the lion is sitting on an elephant. That image will show in close when we go to
6: Lingras Temple and in Konak Temple. Architecture uh, was never uh, means uh, uh, sort of sculptural uh, means, uh, influence. Uh, that means it had a long tradition of long tradition of sculptural art before the temple architecture started on taking uh, means thing. So uh, when they built the temple, they made an uh, means, uh, kind of an equal representation to architecture and sculpture. They never uh, gave one thing important over the others. So that was the beauty and various decorative motifs which performed, uh, means formed were basically categorized into two types. That is uh, the religious and the secular ones. The religious ones where we had Tikpalas who are the guardians of the temple, which uh, uh, were present on the eight corners of the temple. That is north, south, west, east, northeast, northwest, southwest, and southeast. Then uh, we had uh, means uh, the Naganaidi figures. Uh, and uh, certain of the men's uh, Devtas uh, uh, So those were the decorative motifs. And then, uh, means uh, the other part that is the secular part, uh, where we had, uh, let's say, a royal courtyard scene. So on the right-hand side corner, you can see a king sitting with uh, uh, her queen. And uh, then we had viola figures. Viola figures was nothing but. Where means, uh, uh, means animal was kind of repented standing on another temple, another animal. So you can see on the, uh, the Rajarani temple, we can see a lion standing on an elephant. Similarly, in Gajaviala, means again an elephant standing on a lion. And
0: Naraviala in Konak, where uh, means uh, Naraviala. Kind of a representation of animal standing on an elephant. Then one of the important aspects of Kalinga. architecture and uh, sculptural motifs were uh, erected. sculptures. So now there is a, uh, there are very theories, why those uh, scenes were present on the- you attend marriage and all. So there is, you live in. sanssari life uh, means life so when the sansric life is there that, that's where uh, means uh, the directive cultures rep- rep- That thing. So that was, uh, and then the so that's the reason the means architectural motives
6: or the erotic sculptures were carved on the temples. There is another aspect to it that uh, during that time there was a very I mean it's important need for education on sex because uh, if the, it was not done that that might be a crime. So the things of those era. They said that okay, let's uh, means kind of educate uh, means people on the uh, on a place where they can visit means without any hindrance. So that was the reason how those things were built. Then in, in this slide, I would let us try to uh, speak a minute on uh, means the uh, the three images which you are seeing on the right side. That is nothing but Kalinga's maritime trade. So that's Kalinga's maritime trade is an aspect of. Uh, the architectural or the cultural history of
0: Odisha, because uh, depending on this trade, we means there are sayings that, I means so Kalinga actually influence uh, the overall cultural history. Is of Suvarnadipa. Suvarnadipa is nothing but the modern modern day Southeast Asian islands that is, is uh, showing shipment of elephants uh, Um, carrying uh, elephants and the trade evolved and the Kalinga architecture uh, came into a uh,
6: thing. And then there was another architectural motive, decorative motive was uh, animal's royal scene. So we can see in this temple, on this level, la- 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 the vertical figure, on the top figure, we are seeing a giraffe trade, This kind of question from Konark, And the below figure, there is a royal scene. That is the secular scene where a Raja is kind of being minshad by his disciple and there is a war depicting scene as well. So, now coming on to the last fa- uh, phase of this overall t- uh, architecture, how does the architecture actually evolve over a period of time? So, the pre-Kalingan phase does not have that much temples, uh, but uh, as some of the things I said that uh, there is certain temples with Rekha Devoda only. So, uh, from Mahabharata, which I consider it is not uh, mythology. Uh, so, Bhima, Jyudhishthira, Kuntila, uh, Devoda were uh, still available on the Mahindrigiri mountain with some uh, Jain temples in the uh, for district and uh, then in the formative phase was the phase where the jagmohan started on coming in uh, so uh, means previously there was only rekha but the jagmohan that is the uh, means uh, the sabhag, uh, where the uh, means Maktas used to stand so it first developed in pasuramasa temple and baital temple where are the two classic examples which has a horizontal jagmohan in the transitional phase what happened that horizontal jagmohan took uh, means uh, uh, means the, uh, evolved as a pidha structure that is the pyramid structure and the Mukteswar temple was one of the classic examples which I will cover in detail. Uh, then then the mature phase was there where the Natamandira and the Bhoga Mandapa was added In uh, and those means let's say the two classic examples which are means, treated as the artificial intelligence were Lingras and Jagannath temple and uh, Kand, the Sun temple Konark has means a unique thing which I will explain. So this uh, brings me to the end of the overall architecture so now I will take you through certain of the temples. The first one is personal National Temple because this is the first temple which came into the formative phase within Jagmona. So you can see in the middle uh, pla- middle, middle image that how the J- Jagmona uh, is looking like an horizontal structure with a Rekha Devla, uh, which was uh, done in Trayrathal plan and the Gandhi was in plan. Uh, with uh, now uh, before going on to, I will try to spend a minute in explaining the uh, ekamarthatras. I means what do our traditional folklores say about? So now, uh, uh, as per our, I uh, uh, as per uh, means Puranas or the uh, means scriptures like, uh, let's like Purana, uh, Kapila Samhita, or Swayamdhari mode. After marriage, when uh, Sivji and Parvati Ji even shifted to Kasi, then all the gods used to come and Sivji was unable to get a time for meditation because we know that he keeps into me- he meditation. So, he searched for a place and he went to uh, Jambu Deepa uh, the, uh, and in
0: Karinga, uh, means, uh, the uh, desa of Jambu Deepa, and he sat under a... Uh, Mango tree, and he started on doing meditation. So, now that was the reason why that place is known. This is known as Ekamra. See, that's Shifty's stand, mean, I've been sitting in the Ekamra. Uh, When she went there, she saw that the cows are milking uh, milk that directly on Sipji when he's meditating without anything. So then she took the means avatar of Gopalini days After that, I will marry. And she conveyed this thing to Sipji. Sipji came in the form. And disguised uh, and in form of a Gopalan.
6: Gopalan is nothing but uh, means the form of Tawad that is Krishna's uh, means, uh, Aftar. So then Parvati Jaya asked why are you in Krishna's Aftar? Then he said that if you can come as a Gopalani, I can also come as Gopalan to meet you. Then he gave them uh, gave her an answer that these two demons have been blessing. They cannot be killed by any god or goddesses. So uh, cast them into I mean, uh, uh, them into the land so then when they came
0: she said that okay i will marry but on one condition whoever carries me on this shoulder and completes one round of Ekamara Khitra. so they, they they fought and she he said okay i will carry if, uh, both of you carry me. when they uh, started on carrying up, Dream tree. God uh, came and started on, uh, means kind of uh, uh, placetting her uh,
6: feet and all. She got uh, means why are giving the curse. Then she, he said that it is nothing in Sanatana Dharma. Uh, if a wife is doing such good for the uh, humanity, then I can also serve her. She said I am thirsty. Then Bhagwan uh, just uh, put the pendant into the uh, uh, man's place, and then uh, uh, means uh, various rivers gave one one uh, uh, means kind of drop uh, and Bindu Sagar was formed, and she drains the water and she gave a blessing that whoever takes a dip here, he will be relieved of his old sins. That is known as Bindu Sagar. Now various stuff, the, the, means the gods visited uh, the, during this time to Ekamra Khetra.
0: So wh- where wh- wherever the god was staying, let's say the first time when he came and he visited, and he stayed here. And that is one uh, interesting
6: aspect as well. So as like uh, means uh, Vishnu Bhagwan goes uh, for Siva Sayana uh, for four months. So as is uh, means. Uh, 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 Mahaprabhu. So he needed a guardian for the Akam That's where he invited Pasnam to guard it. So that's why he, this temple has an importance in Ekama So now one of the important aspects in Ekan is this Saptam uh, Matrika images. This is the first time where the seven images, forms of goddess Devi, was kind uh, of uh, crafted on the Jagmona. Then on the walls, exterior walls, we have Parsha Diphtas like Ganesha and then we have Kartikeya and Pickup. So this and Pickup is a unique form that is not available in many other temples where Kartikeya is seated on his uh, on his bhana. Then we have the Mahisa ardhani image and certain of the animal image hunting scenes. Now going on to the next temple that is the Vaitala Mandir. So we'll just go through the sculptural things. So we have the pasta devtas, where here the pasta devtas are devis actually. Par, Parvati, Mahisa Mardini and Ardhan Arishwara on the three walls. Then we have uh, the other decorative motifs like Alisa Kanyas that is the female figures which used to appear. And then uh, on this temple we have a Basra Mastagan in the front. So where we see a Nataraja in his position, I means uh, Siddhi triangle and then Harihara form which is quite relevant in Odisha, means uh, Vishnu and this form is I mean, worshipped like in grass So now going on to the next temple, the Mukteswar temple. This is what uh, so our first speaker Sir, said said how it is means kind of considered gem of Odisha architecture because this is the first thing where the Jagamuno kind of Started on taking a pyramid structure. You can see the pyramid structure. And one of the important aspects of this thing was in Torana. So, this is the only temple, means one of the critical temples where we have a Torana, what is a means our gateway, or it is known as Mangal Torana or auspicious gateway once you enter there. And it had means kind of influence of Buddhist and Jain architecture on that. On the tower, you can see that uh, it is uh, the Rekha Devala is actually a mixture of Pidha and Rekha in terms of horizontal stacks are being built in a pyramid structure with Natarajas and we have Kirti Mukhas. So, now coming on to uh, the Jagmona, a little bit details on the architecture on Jagmona. So, there are carvings around the entrance to the Mukhasala, which is known as the Jagmona as well. Uh, and uh, we can see that uh, the walls have diamond-shaped lattice windows on the two sides, as you can see in the I mean, left-hand side uh, I mean, image. And there are certain carvings on the Mukasala and there is a relevant thing that Navagrahas used to be carved on the entrance door to Sip temple. Since Mukteswar temple is again a Sip temple, so the Navagraha was uh, uh, carved on the entrance uh, entrance to the uh, temple, and then on the lattice windows, when we zoom the image little bit, so uh, we can see various Panchantantra stories being depicted by monkeys playing in various humorous ways. This is one of those things uh, because that time I means the education was limited to very few people, so that was the reason those
0: uh, the temple become an agric- means educational means kind of an institute. Various devotees, so now. Coming on to the Mangal Torana, which is one of the uh, means architecture magnificence means I don't see this thing, means I'm not aware of uh, those things in the north or the south. But this Mangal Torana, you can see that certain of the which uh, both in the front and The backside, there were carvings of all this. So, there is a means there is a belief here that, that uh, those uh, means uh, uh, men's husband and wife
6: who never uh, used to uh, means, uh, uh, means get kids before. They, if they used to go to this, there is a Maricha Kunda within this campus. If they take a bath in that Kunda, uh, then they are blessed with kids. So, this is the one of the important aspects. Now coming on to Rajarani temple, Rajarani temple was a little bit advanced form of uh, Mukteswar temple uh, because uh, where uh, uh, much more uh, sculptural designs were uh, designed like uh, the Naganagi uh, bhaela figures started on coming uh, 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 as a piddha dealer. Uh, Certain of the other sculptures which were present on the Rajarani uh, temple are Alasa kanyas and some of the females who are lost in the Sringar positions. That's what our first figure, he was explaining how the our temp, temples used to represent various means kind of, uh, of uh, means ornamentations which the women go through and all. Then we have this uh, Sikharas, Anga as a miniature devala in this temple. This was the first temple where the Anga Sikharas or the miniature temple came into a miniature Rekha came into picture and which was prevalent in then going ahead in Lengraja and Jagna temple. So then there were dikpalas standing on the four walls of Rajarani uh, on the eight corners. So some of the dikpal images which I could get uh, from it because right now in Odisha, the temples are not yet open for public. So I could not go and click any photos and there is another thing, uh, mobile is not allowed into many temples. So whatever is there, I got the images is from the Archite- Architectural Survey of India's, their libraries and all. So here we re- see representation of three uh, four, uh, four gods that is Agni, Yama, uh, Nirti and Varuna. Now coming on to the next three temples which I will a little bit spend in detail. That is Surya Mandir, that is Kona Temple. This temple was known as uh, this place is known as Arka Petra. is nothing but a place where the worship of Sun God happens, and it had a vimana, Jagmona and Natamandita. But I stated the story, the how the right now the Mimana is not existing. Only certain portions, the, the parts of Devtas have been again remodeled by the architecture survey of India, means where they were trying to means, uh, redraft the temple. Though, but the left hand side bottom temple uh, means the figure by Percy Brown. So it actually shows how the temple was built, how the structure was there. And one of the unique things about this temple is that it was built in the form of a chariot. It is known as celestial chariot, means a god's chariot with. with there are wheels. That twenty-four uh, total wheels, twelve on each side, uh, and drawn by seven means horses in spirited That's how the design was built. So the vimana has been destroyed uh, because of that. Uh, means when the Britishers took the magnet, uh, that was uh, a sad history that Britishers and the Mughals destroyed our temples. Then the Jagmona, you can see that it is in uh, three-tier structure. You can see there are three tiers. Uh, uh, between uh, means when the before going to the Mastakarism. Then the Natamandita was the first time developed uh, in this temple, uh, in the uh, Konak temple. Uh, the Natamandita had actually four starways, that is, uh, uh, from four uh, divisions. But the Natamandita was not attached to Jagmona in this temple uh, because of the reason there was an Arunas number. If I go back to the slide uh, one, so you can see that here uh, an Arunas number is there, already been installed, Arunas number. So th- then that was the reason why the Natamandita. Could not been, have been attached to the Jagannath. So, uh, so then the but uh, in future when the I mean, uh, uh, dynasty changes, that Ganga dynasty came, they took this uh, I Mansarovar Kamba and uh, placed it in front of Puri Jagannath Temple, which is uh, I mean, currently now. And the most interesting aspect of this Surya Temple is the chariot wheel. So we can see that how the I mean, uh, spokes have been brilliantly done and how uh, the uh, details of various uh, I mean, architectural structural motifs are there. Now, apart from this, in the overall campus, uh, we had two temples. That is Maya Devi temple, uh, which is on the left-hand side, the uh, topmost left uh, temple, which was uh, means kind of dedicated to Maya Devi, who was the main wife of uh, one uh, Surya Devta. Then we had one Vishnu temple. So uh, uh, this is uh, uh, a brick temple on the back side. So now that is the story. So previously, as per uh, there uh, this was a Devi Ramachandi's temple, who was again means wife of Surya Devta. But when uh, means, uh, in uh, Dev when his dynasty came, he was replacing every Saktai image with a uh, uh, Vesna image. So then uh, means, he changed it with the Vishnu Vidra. So these were certain of the motifs which were present. Surya Devta on the pass of walls of the Vimana, which has been means, uh, uh, means, uh, published by SI. Then we have this rampant lion. So the uh, royal, means, uh, means, uh, what do you say, beautiful figure where the lion is kind of carving on the uh, elephant. Then there were I mean, various female figures on the I mean, Jagmona, I mean, playing musical instruments like drummer or uh, cymbals, small cymbals, and then we have Martardanda vera as well. And certain of the carvings on the Bogomandapa, you can see Naganadi figures, Mithuna figures and female posters, again small, small, mini, mini miniature figures. And the navagraha Mandir is one of the important attractions in the compound. Then coming on to Jagannath Temple. So now Jagannath Temple is uh, means uh, was uh, means kind of started by Chodaganga Dev and was finished by Anna Dev. So so now it has been built in the form of sankha Khetra, It is known as sankha Khetra. So we had Ekamra Khetra, that is means Bhubnesa, Then we have artha Khetra Kona, and then Jagannath Temple. All the temples and all everything is sankha Khetra. You can see the position of the uh, means uh, Dham Hote, that is. Uh, Bhagavan balabhadra Devishma Subhadra and Jagannath Mahaprabhu and Sudarshan Chakra placed on Ratna Bidi in the center. That's how the Ratnatra looks like. Again this temple had four uh, means, uh, distinct sections, Devudabh, uh, uh, Nata Natamandira and Bhogamandapa. In the next figure I will try to show you the position. Uh, so this has been taken from Odisha tourism website, official website. So you can see the first figure that is the Rekha Deula. Then uh, we had the Jagmona that is the pyramidal structure. And then we have the Natamandira. But previously the Natamandira was used as a Bhogamandapa. But after when Lingra's temple came into picture and uh, the, the Bhogamandapa was developed uh, specially, then they shifted uh, means, uh, uh, the Bhogamandapa to the next, uh, the next uh, uh, means place. And then uh, means they created another in the Pidha One of the important aspects is uh, the Nila Chakra, which is on the top of the Rekha uh, the I men's scholars over the cloud, the flow, which is known as Patita Pavana. One important aspect is that the Patita Pavana always flows in the direction opposite to the flow of the wind, and uh, that is there. Means, uh, still, now scientists have not been able to find out the reason, but it always flows in the opposite direction of the wind. Then we have the Simhadwara, now which is the main entrance door, uh, means, which are known as Jaya Vijaya Dwar, where they used to guard as guardians. And we have the Arunas number we can see here, which has been taken from Konak and placed. Certain of the architectural carvings which are there on the walls, uh, like a uh, boat with the uh, king of, uh, on the Bhagumandav of Jagannath Mandira, uh, which actually signified Kalinga's maritime prayer which I mentioned in that section. Then we have Baha murti because this is one of those uh, uh, partial Devta, because it's a Vishnu temple, Jagannath is nothing but the form of one Vishnu. Then we have Devima Ganga murti and uh, Naga Nittikav and some uh, erotic and royal courtyard gotcha scenes so one of the things is that for jagannath temple nobody can click photos and these photos uh, i could ha- i have scanned through one of the books which was available on a website from our survey. we can see certain of the peda mundes in the below uh, I mean, uh, temple here so uh, the miniature motifs which i was mentioning and some cultural details on the right facet and here we can see two females standing on the north, north facet uh, in the last slide uh, means we'll uh, try to see that culture of the statue of mother and Slide. so this this relationship was considered to be the more pious. So then that was the reason why it was reprinted on the Jagannath temple. So now going on to the last uh, section, that is Lingras temple. So la, now Lingras, the story, I mean, the it has, I said it to you. So now Bhubaneswar gets its name from Trivunasara, which is, uh, which means the Bhagwan of the three worlds. And Trivunasara is worshipped in the form of Lingras in Bhubaneswar in Lingras temple, uh, which is nothing but the king of Lingas. What does the king of Lingam means? We all know about the Jyoti Lingas, twelve Jyoti lingas, where very few are aware that the Jyoti lingas the I means, what do you say? There is a root connection with this Lingas temple. Means all the Jyothi lingas report it out to Lingas. So if we do a carving below many fits below the arms, we'll see that there is a means like a tree has a various roots spread out. So that's how Lingas temple is there, and then there are twelve jyothi lingas linked to it then the harihara form so there is a means uh, story I means there is a historical aspect when the Hariyara form started because previously it was a pure uh, Sibji temple uh, because we have known the story of gopal and uh, means gopal and of Sibji, uh, means kind of coming in front of gopalani avatar of parvati uh, ji so when kalapahar the muslim invader from uh, bengal uh, when he invaded i uh, means uh, uh, the, the then uh, means uh, Raja of uh, this kingdom, uh, who was uh, means then the uh, um, Jajati family. There was a tunnel from Lingaraj Temple to their uh, means uh, Durga in uh, Barabati in Katak. So that Durga means uh, they what they did to uh, save themselves. Uh, he with his family and the confident ministers. They went to the tunnel. And Kalapahra did not know where, where they went, which how the tunnel went, where it will come up. So what he did was that he closed the, both the ends of the temple, means the tunnels. So after few days, when he went back, when the, the royal started started looking for the family, went to the temple, means the, uh, means the tunnel, and they could not find them anywhere. Means anywhere means within few days, either there was any stones, uh, any place, nothing. No, means no, decay, no, nothing, nothing. So there was a mystery then for many years the temple was not being worshipped because the king in the previous uh, means in the uh, ancient days the king used to take uh, the details of uh, means the, all the rituals. Then they informed the king of Puri that is Gajapati. He came there. He could not understand anything from the scriptures. He called up the teeth and Santracharya uh, from Puri and he, when he came because he read through the history he said that okay let's convert it to the Hariya form because here the gopalaṇa form has also come. Then he converted it to a it is a Harihara temple. So, where we have a sibling and a Salgram being worshipped in the main Bhagavad Again, this temple had four uh, uh, structures Devola, Jagmana, Natamandri, and Bhagavandava. Uh, Devola was a uh, Pancharatha plan, and the Gandhi, and we can see uh, means Khatramundi on the Devola part. And on the Bada on the Pavaga part, we can see again uh, means, uh, some Khatra and some Pithamundis, And uh, then on the Pavaga on the right-hand side, we see a Mundis. I'm not going to details, but I have explained it previously. Now coming on to the Parshav Devtas, which I had mentioned uh, on the three walls. So we have uh, Ganesha Ji, uh, the Parshav Devtas, standing. All the Pasha Devtas are standing in a Trivangi form. Uh, ganesha uh, then uh, devima parvati and Bhagwan kartike that is murugan uh, and uh, then uh, there is this uh, means uh, Mastaga where the lion is uh, projecting on an elephant and then we have this uh, means overall the uh, means Kalasa part so the uh, if you can see the amala part of that thing um, so previously it was a form but now because when it got converted into a hariera form so it is a pinaki Dhanu. Now, coming on to Jagmana, it was a Peter devula type. Uh, we can see that uh, how the tires, and it is a 2 tire structure. Uh, there were, But in Konark, we saw it is a 3 tire structure. And then uh, the representation. I because the, the, you cannot get a close-up photo was not there. So, I have taken this R.L. Mitra's photo from one of those books uh, of K.S. Vera. And the Pogamandapa was the means latest edition of, uh, uh, we can see the Pogamandapa starting when you enter from the uh, 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 Dwara. you can see the Pogamandapa. Then comes the Barhana Stambha. So now the Bahana number previously there was Nandi, means, uh, means uh, Vidraha, but since it got converted into a Hariyara temple, so we had a Bahana number where we had Nandi and uh, Garuda seated on the top of the Bahana. So now, uh, certain of the unique features of the Jagmano were this uh, means Hathra and Pidamundi's, and then we have Devi Parvati, was, uh, and then were Alasakanyas now uh, coming on to the other thing uh, i'll let's take another 2 minutes parvati Mandir, uh, mandira so if we uh, means uh, now there were around 108 temples within the Lingra's temple campus as compared to 120 temples in uh, Jagannath uh, uh, temples campus so now the parvati temple is kind of a resemblance of what means the uh, lingra's main temple is it has a means rekha uh, Devla, then the and then a, Nata, a, a Mandira and Bhogomandapa designed in the same style. And the temple uh, means what people say, means the architectural means uh, kind of experts say that it is built in the same way the Lakshmi temple within Jagannath, uh, means Mandir's temple in uh, uh, Puri has been designed, uh, where Devi Parvati is seated in a Lalitavasana on a Visma Padmasana, Visma Padma that is on a Padma, and holding a uh, uh, means lotus on, a, on her right hand. So certain of the pavagas, we can see again the same way it has been designed like uh, uh, the Liglas temple. One of the important aspects you can see one elongated Khakramundi here in the north uh, where uh, it has this representation was uh, literally added because in Ligras temple I don't remember if this Khakramundi is uh, in the elongated form is existing. Then there are some other subsidiary temple, this is the last slide. Uh, so the ganesha mandira uh, which is the uh, siddhi vinayak which we called uh, it is the same way uh, the, of the maharashtra siddhi vinayak uh, ganesha ji facing uh, uh, the same way uh, so now when you enter into the temple singer diwara it is a belief that first you have to take a I means blessing from siddhi vinayak and then enter the main temple so now uh, this temple had an uh, saptaratha plan that is a rectangular saptaratha but lingaraj and parvati was pancharatha and then the Jagmono was in rectangular plan, means again it went back to the personal center because it was added on later. Then we have the compressor temple and Rakshinaya temple again in the Rekha Tehoda. And this is the image of, uh, this is the Murti of uh, Nandi, which was previously there positioned in the pre- first part. And, uh, but uh, after the career reform, it, it was moved away uh, on the right-hand, northern hand side of the wall. So now, uh, uh, this is with we end. Before I end, I would like to uh, thank a few people who have helped it out this thing because being an engineer under because there was an interest to understand architecture and cultural heritage so i would like to thank uh, two of the pujaris uh, from here that is uh, means uh, one is uh, uh, Gopinath Nana and uh, there is one Mantu Nana. They have helped me out with understanding the history and certain of the uh, architectural uh, means stories and uh, designs. And then I would uh, like to be thankful to, means to my parents and to Gaura Pradhan because he gave me the opportunity, uh, means kind of helping out, reaching out to people. And last but the least, I would like to uh, say thanks to Aryan Publication, Aryan Indian Publication and Indian Cultural Ministry because uh, with their permission, I could use the images in the previous. Yeah, I can take some few questions if Sefali, I have time.
2: I'm so sorry. Actually, nobody has the time to take questions because we are already running a little late. So uh, maybe what people can do is uh, maybe you can share, I can share your email address and they can email the questions to you. Uh, To those people who have asked you a couple of things, uh, the lectures will be uploaded on the YouTube channel of uh, Indic Academy in a couple of days. So please watch out for it and they'll be uploaded as individual lectures so you can pick and choose. Uh, thanks Ashutosh for a very interesting and enthralling lecture uh, Kalinga architecture is not unfortunately given its due I think in most of the webinars about temple architecture mostly people talk about Nagara and Dravida. so I am so glad that is the reason why I wanted you specifically to do a full feature on Kalinga architecture so that we know what a treasure trove of temples uh, Odisha is and we know how different it is and yet how it's confirming it is just,
6: just, I just need 5 seconds, uh, just 5 seconds. Uh, so uh, now that is one important aspect which I forgot is that how the temple was built on a such huge scale. So uh, what they used to do is that first they used to go from bottom, they used to build one layer, then fill it up with sand, then the elephants used to bring the other I mean, slabs of the stones, they built that thing, I mean, they did architecture, then they built the next structure. That's how they went. And after the full temple was uh, means done, then they
2: removed the sand. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Ashutosh. And that was a really a wonderful presentation. Thank you for making it interesting. And I'm really sorry that I cannot take the question and answers because uh, really, there is no time. Uh, Our next speaker, and as with my uh, webinar on textiles, this one I curated with a definite idea in mind. I wanted somebody, somebody who had a lot of authority like Dr. Delurkar to talk about the spiritual uh, philosophy behind the temples to tell you that a temple is not just a brick and mortar structure, but there is a greater theme, there's a greater dream behind it. It's a way we connect ourselves to the divine. And then I wanted uh, people to give you a brief overview of the Dravida style of architecture and Kalinga style of architecture. I would have liked to session on Nagara style of architecture also, but unfortunately we had only half a day. So, you know, as I said, a lifetime is not enough to devote yourself to the temple. So please forgive me for what I've left out. And I wanted to leave people with a positive note, which has happened with the textile webinars also. See, we talk a lot about what we had. We all know we had a very glorious past. We had a lot of beauty. We had a lot of spirituality. We had a lot of uh, ways in which that was a part of our day-to-day life. But the point is, why cannot we... Why cannot we reclaim it? Why cannot we reclaim our our sacred spaces and once again make them a part of our day-to-day socio-cultural life? Why should we leave our temples only for the time when we go for a darshan and go inside and pray for two minutes and come out? Why cannot our temples be once again what they used to be as all the speakers have said as the institutions that patronize music, schools, lectures, our temples were a softer socio-cultural life of the Hindu society and we can easily reclaim it, it doesn't require a lot of uh, effort or a lot of uh, paperwork to the governments how we can do it is something that somebody who is trying, somebody who has been doing it very successfully she is the person who is best placed to talk about it and that person is Vijay Lakshmi Vijay Kumar a very very multifaceted personality Uh, we all know her as uh, Akka. So Vijay Lakshmi Vijaykumar, she plays a lot of roles. She's a Bharatanatyam dancer. She's a trained pilot. She's the director of Center of Soft Power. She's the founder secretary of Heritage, a not-for-profit trust based in Bangalore. Heritage Trust conducts two annual well-known festivals in Bangalore, Budiya Samrama and Srishti Samrama, the Earth Mother Festival. Recently, she started a third festival that was started in 2018 and it was a heritage drive. It was a 1,100 kilometer motorsport rally that took participants uh, in a nice uh, little uh, te- treasure trail of heritage temples. She loves storytelling and she has been in the thick of this movement to reclaim our spaces, to reclaim our sacred spaces and make temples once again a part of our everyday life. Over to you, Vijay. Namaskar.
7: Guru uh, Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Devo, Maheshwarha, Guru Saakshat, Paraprahma, Tasmay Shri, Gurave Venamaha. Thank you very much, uh, Indic Academy and uh, Shefali for inviting me. Uh, you know, to share my thoughts on just, you know, Rama Priya Seva or the Anil Seva that we have done. Uh, I am in no position to say I have saved anything. You know, when you say Sanatana spaces, to me, it means not only the sacred temples, but it also means the ashrams, the matas, our forests, our trees, our gochalas, the elephants, their stables, and truly all creation. And what are we saving it from, and who are we saving it from, and why? These are the questions that come to my mind. Personally, I think that uh, we have to redeem these sacred spaces from ourselves our malaise and our attitudes we can no longer blame thousand years of invasion colonization etc cetera, etc cetera, which is you know very normal in our conversations uh, i think it's high time we start taking responsibility and each person who calls themselves an indian a resident of bharata or whose ancestry originated from this soil or even one who has benefited from knowledge or any tradition from this soil has to share in caring and nurturing this ancient heritage and culture and her sacred spaces. It does not matter what system of worship you follow, whether the person is a theist, an atheist, a ritualist, an intellectual, an academician. If we are human and we have any connection of any sort to this land, or her culture, it is, I think, our responsibility to uphold her sacred spaces and to protect her heritage and culture. For their origin is buried in this hoary antiquity, and this knowledge and the richness that it is embedded is priceless to the welfare of not just our country, but of humanity. And you know, there are, the, there are many Bharatiyas who, you know, more often than not, now I hear this dialogue. I am spiritual, not religious. I guess this has to change. I find this dialogue is becoming more and more, more and more common with people who especially term themselves educated, intellectual. And uh, I mean, this is a certain brand of people, you know, I, I very often, you know, when we have the festival, I hear people say, Oh, you know, it's been 25 years since I stepped into the temple. And then I'm thinking, hello, you know, you belong to this land and this is your sacred space and you should be here and you should actually be doing something to take care of it. Anyway, so that dialogue has to change. I remember when I was young, my mother telling me once, she said, she said, there are a lot of tradition and there's a lot of culture in our country. See, she was just a school graduate, but she educated herself reading, listening to lectures, going to Swamiji's. You know, doing a lot. She said there is a lot of tradition, a lot of rituals, a lot of little pujas, etc., that are happening. She said none of these are harmful. She said, You have to think and get the answers yourself as to why it's being done. Because I hear a lot of things, oh, what is the significance of this? I don't know. Because we are becoming a non-thinking society. I think we really need to start thinking. Because the moment we start thinking, instead of just throwing the baby out with the bath water, the answers will come to us. Vijay, I am not seeing anything on
2: the screen. Have you not shared your screen or video? Uh, I Sorry. will share it when it's needed, uh, Shafali. Thank you. Okay, but right now you don't want to see because right now I am seeing just a black screen. So, you don't want to share your video as well? Are you seeing me or not? No, I am not. I don't know. Why is that?
4: We are seeing, seeing her, uh, Shafali ji. We are seeing her.
2: Oh, you are seeing her. Okay, fine. Uh, in that case, send must be some problem from my end. Okay, I am sorry. Continue. Okay. Uh,
7: so where was I? So anyway, so she said that you know we should analyze. So
0: it it is all this is within us. So it's just a matter of analyzing. If we analyze, we'll know that a visit to a temple is quite significant. Take a couple of minutes and think about it.